0: Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to the Star Family Wisdom podcast. I'm Jenna Layden, founder of Star Family Wisdom, and former global vice president for Whole Foods Market. We're so glad you are here today. Star Family Wisdom is a paradigm shifting podcast community and online school for your spiritual and cosmic evolution. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends. And you can find the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And if you're listening there, leave a review or comment and let us know what you want to hear more of. We'd love to connect with you and you can always reach us at support at Star Family Wisdom. Com as well, And on this podcast, we intend to share conversations, ideas, and information that will inspire you and support you on this wild journey of being human. We're going to explore ancient clues about our untold human story, real life, supernatural experiences, lost knowledge from the stars, and spiritual wisdom that empowers you to transform your life for the better. And at Star Family Wisdom, we are experiencers of supernatural phenomena and ET contact, and it's important to us that we have fun fun, open, mature conversations about what is possible and how we are evolving as humans. We love all things woo, magic, science, mindset, spirituality, health, and wellness, and of course, extraterrestrial. And through these conversations, we want to explore how all of these topics connect to inform the evolution of our human experience. And ultimately, we want everyone to embrace a multidimensional reality without fear. And things will get a little far out here at Star Family Wisdom, but we'll ground you in the research and information that we use to expand our minds. And today's episode is pretty far out. So we interviewed Geraldine Orozco today. Sinead Wellihan, our co-host, and I sit down with Geraldine to have a conversation about her experiences with ET contact with abductions and her thoughts on the hybridization program that we now know is very real, and Geraldine is a multi-decade experiencer, but she's also the founder of Bay Area Meditation. She has been supporting corporations, individuals, and leaders for many years in up-leveling themselves and transforming their energy fields. She specializes in DNA activation, DNA reprogramming deprogramming limiting beliefs. And she works with people to help empower them in their spiritual embodiment and giving them practical tools that they can use as they are evolving. And Geraldine is also a very skilled hypnotherapist. So she supports her clients in past life regressions and in hypnotherapy practices to help access access hidden memories and access those places within ourselves that are kind of difficult to get to sometimes. So she really understands how the mind works, the subconscious. We have a lot of fun talking about manifestation together for that reason. And so she really supports people in moving into that next phase of their journey. She also supports mothers, hybrid mothers who have been experiencers of the hybridization program, who've been participating in the hybridization program, whether that's been you know conscious or unconscious and now is becoming conscious. She runs support groups and offers her leadership to people who need support in that area. And, you know, we now know through vast amounts of evidence that this does seem to be a very real thing that people experience. And it is part of the ET contact phenomena. There are many reasons for why this is happening. And it's not always an easy thing to digest and understand at first. So, you know, with all things take what resonates and leave what doesn't in this episode. We get into some pretty high-level stuff and, you know, Geraldine's expertise is on another level now because of her decades of experience exploring these topics. So, you know, I just ask that you approach this conversation with an open mind and if you are a person who has had experiences you can't explain or maybe you're struggling, you know, with limiting beliefs and, you know, past trauma that you want to reprogram Geraldine can be a great resource for you and and I hope this conversation is supportive for you in in many ways. And you know, we talk about DNA as well in this episode. And I want to share just a fun synchronicity with you that happened after this episode. So it was very synchronistic how we met Geraldine and how Geraldine came to do this episode with us. And so you'll see us here in Sedona in this episode. And we talk a lot about how what we, you know, once thought was junk DNA is now actually dormant DNA, right? So it's DNA that uh, holds codes for how we can operate as humans that has not yet been activated. And we now know through the science of epigenetics, right, that we can upregulate or downregulate our genes, our dna and our dna is essentially programmed and so through our contact experiences we're learning a lot more about what our et friends know about dna and so we talk about dna and how we are changing our dna and accessing you know new genes turning on new genes in this episode and the day after this episode aired I looked out my windows here in Sedona, and there was an incredible looking cloud that was in the shape of the double helix. I'm not even joking. We're going to put a link to the photo in the show notes so you can see it. It was crystal clear, the spiraling DNA that went on for a really like long stretch, you know, of, uh, space in the air. So I shared that with Geraldine after the episode and, you know, it really felt like this confirmation we were getting from the universe that we were on the right track with this conversation and sharing, you know, what we know about DNA. So that was just a fun, multiple, you know, synchronicities happened around this, but that was a a fun synchronicity that we experienced. And so Geraldine is just such a gift to all of us. And we're so grateful for her leadership and for her expertise that she's bringing to the field of ET contact and to the field of spiritual evolution and spiritual awakening, because I think we're all starting to experience that ET contact and awakening to the fact that we do have ET brothers and sisters visiting us and in contact with us, that is leading to a bigger spiritual evolution for us. And, And Geraldine is helping to lead that charge. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Again, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. And I hope this is a fun conversation for you as it was for us and check out Geraldine's information in the show notes. So you know how to get in touch with her and take advantage of the services that she offers. And don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and review, and we'll see you on the other side.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Star Family Wisdom Podcast. We are here with the lovely Geraldine Orozco, the lovely and brilliant, I should say. Mm -hmm. Geraldine is a a very special person in our field. She has something unique to offer, and that is DNA reprogramming. And that is something that she talks about with regard to multidimensionality or the many levels of our energy body, and how we can help to to heal ourselves from ancestral trauma, from trauma in this lifetime also, in order to regenerate ourselves on multiple levels. I'm not gonna go further into that because Geraldine's gonna do that for us. So thank you so much, Geraldine, for being here with us today. We so appreciate you making time to speak with us and to, to share your wisdom and your experience because you really do have so much to offer yeah
2: thank you so much for having me it's an honor to be here thank we're so delighted so yes. yeah the yeah full studio and the work that you're doing so thank you
0: thank, oh, you. thank yeah. you thank you we had the pleasure of seeing geraldine speak yesterday actually an, at an event and we have so many questions for you as a yes. follow-up to that yes. um but maybe we can start with your et contact experience just as a foundation mm-hmm. for people and um to help everyone understand how you came to understand what you now know. Mm -hmm. And, um, Geraldine started her journey with ET contact just a little under a decade ago. Is that right?
3: Um, well, I am a
0: lifelong contactee. Oh, that's Uh, right. Yes. But, but, um, my
3: conscious physical the conscious
0: contact experience yeah. was in
2: 2013 that's right okay and then that's when I started to piece together the history of contact since right, the age of five right which was vivid but I just wasn't connecting the dots so um really the contact experience happened at the age of five uh, light came into the room when I was a child and I had missing time for about five hours and, um I was taken on board a where whatever were these beans, and I would interact with them. and then I would just be in my crib, next thing I remember, just sleeping there. So that was a very vivid memory, but uh, I would always very vividly remember the light coming into the room and then the missing time and then a snippet of this image of this being that would be next to me, but not the full cool thing until I had the mm-hmm. therapy later. Mm-hmm. But the incredible thing about that is that there were these marker memories throughout my life that were just very impactful mm-hmm. experiences that I knew were connected to something more than just a dream or an experience mm-hmm. that happened. In addition to experiencing um anomalies in my health as well, you know, linked and connected to these kinds of experiences. Interesting. Can you give us an example of those? Yeah. For example, in in, uh, well, let's see, at the age of 16, for example, I lived in South American Bolivia, and um I used to teach English at the school. And when I would come back home, I would be walking down in the streets in Bolivia on the cobblestone. Uh, you know ground and next thing you know it would all go black the ground underneath me would go black and I would disappear into mm. this space wow. and I had missing time and then at three in the morning I would find myself in bed again waking up wow. and then just having these weird images in my mind of what just happened to me and just very confused and delirious as as a result of that I would become pretty sick the next day oh, wow and I think it was just a readjustment of the mm. body like having an experience like that. Um, I thought it was a flu symptom and um, I was 16. So obviously I never had any partners or anything, but I became pregnant at that time. Wow. But I did. We didn't know. Not even a doctor knew to check for that until wow. later on, when you know, I, I they tried to give me some antibiotics and medicine, and nothing was quite working. In fact, I all of a sudden developed an allergy to medications mm. as a result, and this seems to be a very common thing in mm-hmm. in contactee experiences. Mm-hmm. So. Um, After that, um, when I got checked out by the doctor and months later, the gynecologist, they discovered cysts in, you know, ovarian cysts that were like highly developed that would be as a result of like heavy pregnancies or even miscarriages or something like this. At the age of 16. Not right. it's, it's not very common. Early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but within the community of ET contact, it is something that women experience, mm-hmm. you know, and it isn't until you have these experiences that you kind of begin to link the dots and, and you realize, you know, there's something a little bit more occurring. Mm-hmm. So, um, later on at the age of 24, um, I had a, a dream and dreams, which are realer than real life you can say you just remember them so vivid and literally I had this uh, image of this gray that came to me and would inject my arm with something It would just come and, and and do that and then I would wake up and for some reason I just became incredibly sick for like two weeks and in the two weeks uh, we scrambled to figure out what was happening with my body I was literally dying because um, Uh, The doctor couldn't identify what was happening with me. He said I had some kind of foreign amoeba in the body that they couldn't understand what it was. It functioned like an
3: amoeba, but they,
2: they were like, did you go to Thailand? Did you go to another country? Mm -hmm. Where did you go? You know, I hadn't traveled anywhere within a year of that time. So they were very confused. And then I had another dream that night. And it was being inside this purple white room, this disc shaped room, and just laying there with a the light on top of me. Oh, wow. And the next day, everything gone. There was no amoeba, no sign of anything, not having the terrible side effects that I was having to the medications. Everything was just gone. So I went back to the doctor and I said, hello, what happened to you? <laughs> and the doctor said, I don't know. Wow. I have no idea how to wow. explain what just happened to you. Um, so that was very interesting. And of course these are linked with these dreams. Right. So it's not just, um, random things. So that you current. can tell
0: something like different is happening yeah. here. Like yeah. something extraordinary is happening mm-hmm. that you can't quite explain at that time. Right.
2: Yeah. right. And so, um, years later, um, there were a couple of pregnancies becoming pregnant without being partnered
3: wow.
2: and the pregnancies would last maybe up to three months. And then after three months I would have a miscarriage Mm -hmm. you know and there would not be a fetus and that's Mm -hmm. the thing that made it very interesting and the doctors would say you really want to have kids like you you literally manifested or you you know you you created that because they say that if you do it intend and really want to have kids some women create that hormone Mm -hmm. like an ectopic yeah exactly Mm -hmm. also um and or they said it was a blinded ovum for example Mm -hmm. okay So, um, and what is blighted ovum is when we don't have fetus, it's just the sack, you know, mm-hmm. in the years. So, mm-hmm. so these, these kinds of things are very interesting. Um, and in 2013, um, well, uh, in, let me go back to 2009, because this is when I fu- founded uh, Bay Area Meditation in San Francisco, a corporate meditation company and um, I would teach meditation and really, really went deep into the meditation practice. I also found a shaman that I was working with Mm -hmm. and I learned some things from them but nothing was answering my questions externally. Like I just had very profound questions about what love was, what was our emotions, what is the purpose of being human, you know, why do we have the lives that we have? Mm-hmm. All of these questions. And um, for some reason I was not finding those answers. And so I decided that going in was the best way to find that. So I started to meditate a lot. I basically was meditating up to a point when it got to 2013 about nine hours a day oh, wow um, i was self-employed you know i had a, a other company as well but during that time for me it was so important and i just realized that when i followed streams of emotion mm-hmm. in my body i was able to unpack all kinds of information so i just sit there for nine hours and kind of dissect it to the very core root Mm-hmm. And it would take me down the ancestral range of my, you know, family. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so I kind of began to deprogram concepts of family, concepts of society, concepts of culture, religion, mm-hmm. you know, social structure, humanity, duality until it came to the origin of life. And I think it was at that point that I was asking the next potential question, you know, what's next? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what is the purpose of this? human structure when you realize that so many things are so inverted and functioning in such funny ways Mm -hmm. that we create these personalities about ourselves Mm -hmm. but it's an illusion it's it's nothing you know and who we really are is something completely different
1: yeah you know yeah so based on our societal cues and the conditioning that we receive and of course the people who condition us have been conditioned themselves so Mm -hmm. it's not something that's negative you know a negative intention is just the inevitability but yeah it is such an illusion so please keep going
3: yeah
2: exactly so what you discover is that you know you're you're nothing i mean you don't need to be anything you don't need to be a product of those things you don't need to have a definition for yourself and that's where i was able to find this ultimate peace that i never knew existed before it was a connection to all things and nothing at the same time but I think that because I reached that level of kind of understanding and experiencing things that I tapped into a more vivid conscious experience mm. because in October, um, when I was taken, you know, at 3.30 in the morning from my bedroom, you know, it was just incredible because I was literally in the conscious awake, pulled out of my window, completely couldn't move. And I just remember coming on the ledge, the garage, my bedroom is right on top of my garage. And then the being six of them come out of the white light and one of them approaches me. I mean, they're seven feet tall. They, you know, definitely don't look like humans. Like their structure is very skeletal and it's gray. It's kind of coarse gray Mm -hmm. material. So this is the grays that you're talking about. Yes, they are grays and they have these giant eyes. And um, everything is incredibly telepathic sensory. You can sense them, but there is no mm-hmm. actual sex to them that you can sense mm-hmm. like maybe softer, more feminine energy, or perhaps mm-hmm. stronger energy. Did you have any telepathic? Oh action, yes. Like communication. with them. Absolutely. Well, at that moment, I was so shocked about what was happening that I was terrified and I, I wanted yeah. to scream and mm-hmm. I wanted to ask for help. And I was wondering like why none of my neighbors were even seeing this ridiculously wow. bright light. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, when you look around, nothing was moving. It was literally as if time stood still, the plants, mm-hmm. of the, the leaves of the tree were not moving. Not mm-hmm. wow. a sound. Mm-hmm. So um, I was taken on board the craft, and several things happen. The craft, first of all, is this incredible technology. And as you walk in, it, it's like a, it's clearly a spherical or or a uh, maybe like um lenticular or kind of shape. And uh, but it would vibrate, like the vibration and the humming sound that vibrates your entire body is so profound that you just you know you're just shaking from the inside wow. out. And as you're brought in to the to the right side, um, they change the surroundings in a hologram projection that kind of covers what the interior would look like now. And as I walk in, I'm seeing these large obtuse glass buildings Mm -hmm. and they make me, they just somehow lead me into that space. I still can't really feel like whether I'm walking or gliding. And as I walk into this room, it's made out of glass and wood, very minimalistic and modern. And I'm looking around and there's a little Japanese garden on the other side of this space. And I just turn around and when I turn around, I see two tall grays and my aunt in her nightgown walking down the same path I was coming. Oh
3: uh-huh. And so when I
2: saw her, I, I mean, she was clearly in her nightgown, taken out of bed, just like I was. And her hair was like messy and, you know, she was, had her eyes open, but she was out of it. Mm-hmm. And so when I tried to call to her, you know, they just took her and everything changed. Um, so now I'm in this room Um, I believe that they cover holographically what you're seeing maybe so you're not you're not sure where you're going perhaps Mm -hmm. because it was very deliberate and it was like not very high tech technology, but they do have incredibly advanced technology otherwise so Mm -hmm. it was a strange uh, thing that they did but three grays are inside this room and they pull up this holographic prism with eight levels to it Mm -hmm. and as they bring it up the first level begins to show me this alien language i mean it just streams across the room holographically and it is going so fast i'm trying to read you know what what it's saying and trying to remember and capture as much as possible but i don't recognize any of the symbols and except for the infinity symbol Mm -hmm. and then some little spiral symbols and there were dots and i remember the dots because it's as if this, the structure of what they were communicating wouldn't function without those dots because they're so important. And because the way that they speak is in infinities mm-hmm. like their concepts are so expansive. Mm-hmm. They include the person place thing. And then the whole, this mm-hmm. is like one thought, yeah. like we would say one word, this is how they communicate. And so when I kind of relaxed, I started to have images in my mind of what it was streaming across me. So it was very it was like telepathic reading almost. which is you know strange and not something that we are used to yeah. that kind of surrender moment yeah. where we're kind of interacting in that way. So um, I tried to remember as much as I could and um, they moved that out and next thing you know, they show me the planet of the seven sisters. It starts mm-hmm. rising up and i didn't know that the name of that was pleiades but as a child like i would know the name the constellation and i would always pray to it for some reason Mm. Um, i had this incredible attachment and connection to this little cluster of stars all my life oh cool you know without really even thinking about anything else but that but when they showed me we ended up traveling to the planet maya And this is where they showed me this incredible land that was purple earth. So you can imagine these Sedona hills looking purple, uh, rainbowish colors, and the sky was like pink and blue. And they would show me uh, a council of beings that they said that I was one of them and that I was one of these uh, speakers that was teaching there as well as what I would be doing in the future. Here on Earth. Exactly. Yeah. But the way that they said it to me, I didn't understand that that was a potential thing that would happen. Mm-hmm. really had no idea at that point. Mm-hmm. It, it's not until much later. So they uh, take that out of my vision and we end up back inside the craft and I am here in front of eight little lights. From the eight little lights come out four children that manifest in the physical before me. They approach me. The energy is incredibly intense. When I lock eyes with them, I begin to download all of the memories that I had, nursing them, taking care of them, mm-hmm. you know, connecting with them. And I was like thinking, when did this happen? Like, I don't remember, like, how could I forget that I had children? Right. Yeah. You know, I started to really was kind of hard on myself. Cause I was like, what have I been doing, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know and lost awesome. process in that moment. Yeah. yeah. It, it really is because, you know, you're not a mother. You don't know what it's like to be a mother until that moment where all of a sudden you have this incredible instinct to like protect, be there and, you know, just ready to give up anything to be with these children. That's the feeling that I got. Um, and they were completely calm, neutral. They knew what was happening. They knew what was going to happen here and that I was not going to stay. Do they look like you? They have, they had, you know, it's funny because their face is completely different, right? They have like this very thin gray skin. Okay. They have these incredibly gigantic pupils the size of our eye ocular socket. Mm. So then the eye is much bigger. Right. Mm. And they are, um, they have these very strange little hairs that look like glass noodles it's oh, to wow. you know, That's <laughs> because it's translucent and it's, it's like it kind of balances almost but it's not like our hair like fiber you know it's just very strange and um there's their uh combination of humanoid and gray so they're much thinner like their entire skeletal body is like much thinner and the other ones there's four of them there were two little girls the strange thing about the little girl is that when i was a child one of the vivid dreams that i had was that from this brilliant light, my mother would bring holding this little girl blonde hair to me she would just bring it to me and I had the dream many times from the age of five until about probably 10 or eight years old oh, wow. and when I saw the little girl I was like oh my God, that is a little girl that my mother was always bringing to me and at the time when I was a child, I used to think, I wonder if that's my future sister. So that's like a prophetic dream. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It could be prophetic or, um, it just really makes us understand how timelines function
0: uh-huh. because
2: yeah. the child already existed. Because that's, that's essential.
0: essentially what prophecy is, right? We're bringing into other timelines. Exactly. Yeah,
2: Exactly. So it's like, you're, you're already like tuning into what exists already, you know? And So the strange thing about that is that when they, when they removed the kids from me, finally, and they said, why are you suffering? Because I became pretty emotional at that point. And I was thinking, um, you know, how can I leave them behind? And and I don't want to disconnect from them. Um, And they, uh, at that moment, took me into a field of tulips. On earth mm. and they would zoom into the tulip and the tulip would show me down to the molecular level the structure of energy and the molecules and how they were oscillating i mean we just went really deep to the core of the atom how cool yeah and i of course never had that visual before but yeah. you noticed that every single thing was oscillating and moving and creating these fields and these mm-hmm. networks of communication and density And, um, it just started to make sense. And then they, they showed me New York, a street of of New York, and they would show me the busy crowds of people. And then you would see when you start zooming in that each human had like a light within them. There was like a stream of light that ran through them. And that was it. That was real, but the other things were not real. They were more like, um, just, you know, Adam's Creating this net of, of, of data that creates form and structure, wow. but what is real core essence are the human souls. Mm-hmm. So kind of shift your perspective, um, you know, as to what is important you know, mm-hmm. at that point. And um, after they showed me that, I was thrown into a nebula, this rainbow nebula which is, it's quite famous. It's the Orion Nebula Mm, that we see so much of. And I I use this in my marketing now because when I was thrown into that, I remember seeing the planet Earth. I remember seeing my family and I remember being, feeling connected to them, but also disconnected and being okay as a whole visual. And that was the first time I ever experienced something like that.
1: Wow. Wow. I heard you kind of describing like the hybrid Experience, right? Because another Mm -hmm. area that you are an expert in is hybridization. You are, and you know, I was struck by when Jenna mentioned that we saw you at a presentation yesterday at the Sedona Ascension Conference a um, beautiful presentation. I just want to say that out loud. You. Um, but you said something that I've never heard anyone say before, although there are lots of theories out there. You mm-hmm. said that most of us are hybrids, yeah. if not all of us. Mm-hmm. And of course, that makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. The more we understand our intergalactic nature and our molecular structure and how we're all made of stars and things like that, mm-hmm. then those possibilities open up to us. But I'd still never heard anybody actually say that. And I was curious to Uh, to know more about how you feel confident about that. Can you tell us about the hybridization, uh, program, but particularly your experience within it, because you've just kind of outlined your experience of being a hybrid, creating hybrid children. Yeah.
2: So, so, um, in, in 2017, I had hypnotic regressions. And in these sessions, I started to not only download, but kind of travel into these dimensional planes to see and answer these questions, because I had the same questions. I wanted to know what made us so special. I, you know, Is it just me or is hundreds of women and men occurring, you know, having these experiences? And the answer was yes. That's what I discovered up until that point. And the question was why, and who are we serving? Who are these children being born for, what what is occurring? Mm -hmm. So um, with those questions, I began to travel into these dimensions. And what I discovered is that when when you begin to look at history, right? And there's two, two sides of this that I went through. Number one, when you begin to deprogram your thought forms, you understand that there's an origin to those thought forms and an evolutionary process to that. And Um, When you overlap that with the hybridization concept, if you follow the genetic lineages, there's an origin point to the genetic lineages as well. So when you start, there's actually several of these things that are overlapping, right? Mm -hmm. The systems of our society, everything have an origin point, even religions have an origin point, they're all going to this Mesopotamia area, um, and even many other things before that. So. We have been recorded through history the con- the the moment of connection between celestial beings that come down to breathe with humans. Mm-hmm. It's been recorded mm-hmm. through history. It's mm-hmm. just the beginning of I mean, almost every every uh, ancient culture has this. Yeah. You know, either depicted in their pictograph in their. Uh, uh, what is it called their um, paintings on the petroglyphs, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and hieroglyphs. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you yeah. yes exactly so and and it's fascinating because um you know for example the book of enoch yes. um, the story of gilgamesh all mm-hmm. of these stories when we start looking at enlil and enki and the story or origin story of that and then you look at the origin of sophia right sophia breathing life into yeldabath and then yeldabath giving his power away into his creations which is essentially the soul that was manifested through that and then going into the archons and then creating this so so here's where my information comes in after the archons were created that's when these first races started to manifest because because of how consciousness is evolving from source, it has to fragment as it goes through the different d- dimensional layers. Mm-hmm. And so, when you go back to the very root of that, it literally ends up in this um, uh, earth. We, we are basically the product of that mm-hmm. um, in the three dimensional plane. All the races that are descending from these, beginning with the Draconians, the Reptilians, the Lyrans, Pleiadians, you know, all, all of these uh, beings and species that we're very familiar with. Uh, we're familiar with them for a couple of reasons. Number one, because, and, and when I say familiar, these are these are things that have been recorded in different ways, the kind of species, the, the way they did depict the species, mm-hmm. whether they're more reptilian, whether they look like cats, whether they, we've had those records since the origin of time, since Mesopotamia, since we've been recording, mm-hmm. you know, this contact. And, of course, the the concept of the divine conception, you know, where the immaculate conception where the Virgin Mary brings life into the earth um, is also a story that we, we hear one story of Mary, but there's many of those stories yes. in history yes. that we are not really tuning into. Yes. So really, this phenomena, if you, if you call it, has been occurring for centuries and uh, we are not talking about it, and I, my, and I think it's actually one of the most important questions because at the other side of that is what is life that we create? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to create life in the womb? We are in the three dimensional plane, but the, there's something to that, and so it's core data. It's the core essence of the life force. What links the soul to genetic data?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Is it the other way around? Mm-hmm. And so what I discovered is that we have our dna is holographic Mm -hmm. and it's storing information from the origin of time and now we have we have hybrids that are being born that are completely connected aware they remember their past lives they remember Mm -hmm. their et lives are completely connected and and open and it isn't until we start programming them they start to forget these things and their abilities and then we go into the spiral of this cyclical karma you know Mm -hmm. um and what are you cycling through, you're cycling through repetitive patterns that are coming down your ancestral lineage. Mm-hmm. So the soul in itself is this infinite consciousness that once it attaches to the body, it's connecting to these two networks. So we need to understand how to navigate those networks because in that data core data, which is your DNA is, is, is basically your ET contact, you know, your ancestral lineage and what you are as a soul, as an infinite being. So like all that
0: junk DNA is just dormant DNA, right? That holds that information. Exactly. And it becomes
2: activated by matching the frequency to tune in because we're like a radio system, right? Like when we have a radio dial and our radio dial is down to let's say zero and we're at fear, you know, we're just only experiencing one dimension. Mm -hmm. When we start opening up and changing the frequency, we begin to become attuned to that. And I think that that is really interesting because a lot of contactees, um, you know, that they have some kind of very strong spiritual practice that opens them up to have this contact. And that is a clear understanding that this is very much a vibrational thing. Yeah. You know, it's not that we're imagining things. It's not that, and, and also we need to understand what reality is mm-hmm. because they're not going to be physical like us. Mm-hmm. They simply aren't We're we are aligning to another dimensional plane and then merging with another consciousness, right. right? So there's two, two things to that also, because, because we are generators and manifestors of our reality, in a sense, what we're exploring is our holographic DNA. Mm-hmm. All we're doing is going inside and reading the data that connects us to these aspects of our own self. Right. Essentially, these it's other versions, these right, right. other <laughs> timelines exactly. that we can
0: connect to. Yeah, other yeah, 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 I'm curious from from the the time you were on the ship consciously and any other experiences after that, did you get downloads specifically about why this version of the hybridization program is happening now? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yes I did. And um, well, first I'll tell you that I'm a part of four different hybridization programs myself. Some people have tons of different kinds of uh, activity, but one of them is a terrestrial program. So the, the there's a government aspect, it's a global system government that manages uh, cloning programs Mm -hmm. of our genetic data, Mm -hmm. much like, much like the hybrids are also being created for the same purpose Mm -hmm. of sustaining certain data in a certain stream of information these hybrids are also doing the same thing. And this is
1: governmental programming. So our governments are aware of this, not speaking about it.
2: Well, the thing is that this government that I'm talking about goes beyond just the politics that you see. The politics Mm -hmm. that you're looking at is pretty much just a, uh, honestly, it's it's a puppet show because there's actually things beyond that. Financial systems, institutions, educational, I mean, every system that you can think of that makes up our society, is kind of leading back to an origin point as well. And the majority of these systems are owned by major groups Mm -hmm. that are basically controlling the majority of these things, okay? And so when you understand that, there's a certain kind of centralized government that also manages the experiences of the humans that are having here. In fact, Mm -hmm. all our experiences are quite manicured to be what they are. And they know how to do that because they understand the design of the human and they understand the mechanics of the humans. Easy to manipulate. Exactly. Before (laughs) we are educated on what that is. And that's the problem. That's why we need education, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because once you understand how you function, then you're not, you don't need to be manipulated or all of these things. And the concept of free will is incredibly important. It was extremely important to me in understanding the hybridization program because it's very easy to have these experiences and fall into a state of complete victimization and feel like I was taken and this happened to me and I'm a victim of what occurred. But in fact, there's a whole other aspect of that. Um, The laws of experience that we make Mm -hmm. and our choices and decisions to participate in these things are things that are on a much higher level and once we understand them,
0: then we can become creators and yeah. shifts. Yeah. right? It's like we have to peel back all of the layers, mm-hmm. right, of yes. our psyche and our consciousness yeah. to be able to then even navigate changing right. our experience. Exactly. Is that kind of what it's like?
2: Totally. I mean, it, I mean, it's like that radio dial that we need to organize things in the system in mm. order to be in tune with that mm-hmm. and be able to hold space for what truth really is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. truth can be very... Um, inconvenience sometimes. Yes, we have to take us out of our comfort zones, but we have to.
3: Yeah, because it's
2: actually in that uncomfortable place that you will find infinite peace and freedom. Right. But we are not taught that. Yeah. So you've been in the government yes, program. That's right. So the government program and uh, the government program uh, functions in taking any piece of your genetic data and then creating clones with that. Mm-hmm. And they, this these uh, systems are uh, also created in other dimensional timelines. So there are alternate universes that are kind of utilizing the data and sharing this database. Mm-hmm from the human, Mm -hmm. uh, but not just the human, where our entire galaxy uh, is is very live. Uh, So the other ones are uh, a draconian program, uh, reptilian and then a pleiadian program. Okay, and so um, the the draconian is a little bit of a darker side of it, and uh, it's more to create organisms that are counter creative and Mm self-destructive oftentimes. Interesting. Now that to say that it's, it doesn't makes make it something completely horrible because even ourselves we become self-destructive when mm-hmm. we reject ourselves or when we hate ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's just like that. Right. It's just the programming that's being putting into the
1: experience of the soul. Right. What's the purpose of doing that in that program? Yeah,
2: so the purpose of doing that uh is that an exchange of life force that occurs. And it's important to know that because when when the soul is, is a vortex to the infinite source. When there is an, when there is a being that rejects its own self, it becomes parasitic. What does that mean? It needs to feed off something else in order to be able to come home, to fulfill itself, to sustain itself. In this manner, is the design of many things in our universe. It is the exchange mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we're in the dualistic expression. Mm-hmm. Just like white and black holes, you have expansive and contractive mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, fractal design of that is micro macro from ourselves to the greater universe. Mm-hmm. These beings embody that more contractive energy. They thrive off that. They literally will uh, live off that.
1: And this is part of, would you say, the natural balance of the universe, the natural balance of this dimension and our interaction with it both? It
2: is actually. And that's something I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's, that's something that's hard for us to accept, right? Yes, we because don't want
0: to accept the dark.
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, but the fact is, we won't be able to master the three dimensional plane, the experience here, unless we understand and see both sides without fear. Yes, you know, so they they do maintain that. And so, this is an empowering message for contactees that are having these experiences. Please remember that we need to, Your, in fact, the fact that you're remembering your contact in that darkness means that you're a really powerful soul mm-hmm. because you've probably done that for centuries and now you're ready to have the choice to transcend right. that, right. you know, and that's something that in the beginning for me even was really difficult because, you know, I I was kind of confused, like, well, how should I take this, you know, <laughs> should I be offended, you know, like <laughs> a, <laughs> my love uh, took me and, you know, we take it lightly now, but I know that those are pretty interesting and impactful experience yeah, for many, exotic. as it was for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of the matter is, all of these different things are interested in DNA because mm. DNA is the physical, uh, let's say the matter that connects to the divine infinite. That's mm. that's the incredible thing. It's this infinite data bank that, that has everything in it.
1: And you, know? you mentioned a scientist, I think it was your presentation yesterday, mm-hmm. a scientist who uh, has proven that our DNA is at least nine billion years old, that the mm-hmm. earth is only four billion years old. So how do we explain that? And so what you're saying right now, and you know, this is one of Jenna's passions is understanding our true human origins, right? And how far back our history really goes, mm-hmm. as opposed to what we think and what we've been told, how that's been manufactured, has been presented to us. We really have, uh, we are eternal beings and our state is eternal in all its yes. forms, including in history, including in science, biology, right? So That's right. I really love that you uh, are integrating in your communication of what you know, you're integrating what people perceive as a grounded uh, perspective you know science the mm-hmm. science of it all and the quantum physics of it all you mm-hmm. know all, all the layers all the levels of quantum reality and the different planes of paradigms that we interact with yeah. but also so you're talking about these things that seem very esoteric but then also the science of dna and you know things that people are sort of more used to hearing and more used to thinking about right. and we are living in a time when dna is seen as more flexible and more malleable right than it ever has been yeah. before and and now conversations about designing children for example is coming out into the mainstream of possibility i wanted to ask you if you feel like that mainstream this is something john and i talk about quite a lot how you know our cosmic knowledge is sort of fed to us sometimes in these very little indicative ways that are opportunities for us to go oh hang on a second right And so I kind of wonder if that's one of those areas in which we are given a little hint of what's actually out there Mm -hmm. and then it's our choice or our karma or mindset that allows us to recognize it and go hang on a second I want to go more deeply into that rather than paying attention to all the usual stuff that's coming through, Mm -hmm. you know that. Uh, we're given opportunities to connect with this knowledge. That's through our, our reality, right? Our current 3D reality. Do you believe that that's happening deliberately? Do you think that's happening accidentally? Is that part of programming, you know, that is being done deliberately with us? What do you think of that?
2: Well, you know, I think that it it it, it is occurring because of where we're at in this current evolutionary state at this mm-hmm. moment. I mean... Um, I think that we have an opportunity to, because of technology as well, technology is advanced, but, you know, remember that technology and all this advanced, uh, it it matches nature, it wants to mimic nature, because nature is really the most advanced technology that exists. So if we understand that, um, it's like we're we're kind of evolving, uh, and we're kind of catching up with that evolutionary, you know, cycle that we're moving in. So as we move forward, um, we we say the veil is thinning, Mm -hmm. but it it, it means that we are merging more and we're becoming aware of our multidimensionality because Mm -hmm. that's what's available to us now as a whole, Mm -hmm. as a collective. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I think that it's just the natural order of uh, what we're here to transcend as a collective human race in this one dimensional timeline. Mm -hmm. Because remember that we have many fragments of ourselves that are experiencing simultaneous lifetimes. So in this lifetime, it's like we all humans on this earth have made kind of a choice to experience something very specific. We went through a pandemic, we went through um, major changes right now that are going, Mm -hmm. that are happening in the world politically. And these are going to open up uh, the next step for where we're headed. And there are two things that are occurring. There is the merging of technology and artificial intelligence that's occurring. And so the human basically has a choice either to go in the direction of that artificial intelligence or to go into more of the organic. Mm-hmm. And so the more we tune with, or, or get, we might think on the surface level that tuning with technology is actually going to be more advanced. But it's kind of the opposite, because technology is manufactured, it's created, it's designed from our limited human mind. Mm. Nature is a manifestation of the infinite in itself, and it, mm. it functions on a natural order. And so when we align to nature, we automatically are functioning at that natural order. Right. So this is where you begin to understand that you are not the physical body, you are kind of going into these higher dimensional planes. and. You have the ability of connecting with those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it really has nothing to do with uh, what systems might be telling us or giving us, really, because w- you you'll realize that when you go inside and you meditate and you really connect with yourself, you have an infinite bank of, of information within you.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, then
0: it sounds like the ETS, even even though they've got all this advanced technology. They even recognize the value of the soul, the truth of the soul being what is real, absolutely right, and yeah. that the, the, there hasn't necessarily been a, a corruption of that mm-hmm. on some ET levels. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's true. Um, th- that's a complex. That's a complex thought because yeah. there's many parts that that you can dissect. Because you you have to think about what free will really means, mm-hmm. and then the other side of that is you know the question about whether these ets are have souls of their own Mm -hmm. i do think that they have souls on some level you know but they also have the free will to experience what they're experiencing Mm -hmm. and i think that all of these uh, different beings these ranges of beings that are um participating in what i call the matrix multiverse there's a specific design for that it's the exchange between this dualistic expression it is all about exchange Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. so if you if you you get that someone will always take from (laughs) someone someone will always give to someone so when when you have that design um it's not it's not easy to simplify things in like you know they they just see this it's it's like we are all infinite systems of data, and we're all interacting to co-create. And right. That's really what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And speaking of
0: that dualistic co-creation, I want to go back to the Pleiadian program for mm-hmm. a moment, just to balance the dark with the light. So you talked a little bit about the the Draco agenda yeah. there, but tell us a little bit about the Pleiadian agenda yeah. with that program, and I think Absolutely. Arturian as well. Arturian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah.
2: So yeah. So. The Pleiadian agenda were the children that were presented mm-hmm. to me. And so just really briefly, the hybridization program is made up of very specific steps. How we know this, because interviewing hundreds of men and women that go through the same kinds of steps, and usually mm-hmm. it'll begin at the age of five, but it'll start with uh, some kind of implantation of technology in the body. This is a theory of technology, it's both physical and non-physical, and it affects the, the, the layers of the body. Mm-hmm. And it basically monitors and transfers data from the organism to these beings, Mm -hmm. uh, knowing when the organism is ready each time for the next uh, Mm -hmm. occasion. The next will be the insemination. And these insemination processes can be done through uh, uh, created scenarios in which they will take uh, contactees and sometimes they will unite them, but everything is very, very specific. Um, Most of the hybrid programs are run by councils, councils of eight, 11, 12, whatever number. Um, The number will usually define the dimension from which they are residing in, okay? Mm -hmm. And what that means is that they actually are in charge of certain specific lineages of data mm, okay. on earth. Mm-hmm. And they have been cultivating for centuries, these lineages, just the way on earth, we have certain bloodlines that have been heavily uh, you know, protected. And they're right. always like within that. The reason why we've done that on earth is the same reason we do it uh, you know, in these other planes is because the more that you mix the DNA within this bloodline, the more certain traits become stronger and set in in these bloodlines. And so then once you take that out, what is a bloodline? The bloodline is basically a a vortex stream. It's a a data bank. And when an organism has Pleiadian, Arcturian bloodlines, Mm -hmm. they have access to that data bank of information, historically, interventionally. the the way that they unite the specimens to create the the beings is very specific. The Pleiadian program, higher vibration hybrid programs are focused on creating love scenarios, scenarios that are more pleasing, uh, more safe, because when those vibrations of the two beings connect, they create this incredible spark of life that creates the, the zygote eventually and then turns into the fetus but this basically is imprinted with information Mm -hmm. and it's a cocktail of DNA. Oftentimes after that is taken in a Petri dish, they will insert other genetic data into this organism. It is a genetic modification program. Mm -hmm. That means that the organism will grow with connection data into those other things. Mm -hmm. It is very much kind of like a splicing of a soul. And because the human soul tends to be connected to this infinite source, Um, And and we've been cultivated for a very long time. We are very much a cocktail of DNA, cocktail of species. And our strands can go all the way up to 54, but the majority of us may remember up to 33 Mm -hmm. uh, of our our data. So um, the Pleiadian program essentially cultivates these life forms in these councils. Um, And they will be created in order to be reinserted into the reincarnation cycle. Mm. The DNA that links you to these races is also encoded with something that we would consider as time. Okay. okay? But for for them, it's like a future vibrational potential. Mm. And they will match the organism to that potential and insert them into the reincarnation timeline, depending on what they're cultivating as part of the collective experience of humans. So this is how we end up with collectively choosing to experience a pandemic, a war, like all these things. Literally our DNA is genetically modified in order to be prepared for those things, for the data to emerge, to um, express when it's necessary. And so higher vibrational is, is focused on that kind of cultivation of specific frequencies on earth To continue that evolutionary process with purpose. The counter creative programs is meant to destruct, you just eliminate that soul because they feed off that. And we experience that here on earth with many dark agendas that we have currently, Mm -hmm. you know, unfortunate things like human trafficking and children as well. Mm -hmm. This is very much a real thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's interesting to have your eyes wide open and understand how these things are interconnected because it's all about the genetic data that makes the human so important and valuable.
0: It's my understanding too that because of what you just talked about around humans having this, you know, massive cocktail of yeah. genetics, that Earth may be one of the more genetically diverse places, at least in our, you know, local area of Could the galaxy, be. what's your understanding of that? You
2: know what? Every single planet has, has beings on there. Okay. Uh, some kind of conscious, some kind of consciousness that is, is in these planets. We just can't see them because they're in uh, vibrating mm-hmm. at other dimensional mm-hmm. rates mm-hmm. and the laws of physics, everything will change for them. It's not going to be like us. We think that once we, what we know is it, but you know, this is just for us mm-hmm. like our understanding of the universe Um, There are many, in fact, if you look at the darker programs or the government program, for example, they create other Earths with mirror copies of us. And the reason why they create clones is because the clones don't really have that source connection. They're basically Mm -hmm. like artificial intelligence. They can be programmed and they can be made to do whatever it is. But the genetic information will affect the donor of the data.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: which
2: is interesting. Have you experienced that? Yes. yes. In, in what way do yeah. I Yeah, so uh, when I was in Colorado a few years ago, I was taken into an underground base. Mm. And not only me, but three, two, two other women, three of us were taken. And um, we were taken in the middle of this nowhere field in Colorado, underground, 54 floors under me. And in this uh, facility, um they did like a spinal tap they put you on these chairs and they take from your spinal like
3: within Weird. with a little thing
2: they take your information from there your your dna and um it is utilized to create these clones and the purpose of that is i mean there are armies and armies of these clones that are created and it is very much a mil- militaristic kind of purpose, concept and structure yeah. and purpose that they're creating um, because they within a lot of these uh, governmental streams, there seems to be a lot of this influence of this draconian mm-hmm. the okay. Draconian. And um, you know after that experience, I was taken on board um, a draconian mothership mm-hmm. essentially.
1: And by the way are you doing this these things willingly or is this like you're in a trance or how are you being brought to this yeah. trip?
2: so when i when i tune into what's occurring so what happened in, in colorado was happening in vivo in that moment it's mm. conscious it happens okay um but when you tune into what's happening outside of that i mean I'm i'm tuning into this you know because i'm i'm through my DNA I'm feeling myself knowing myself because it's a fragment of myself now Mm -hmm. and so when you're doing this work you understand where your fragments go you should know Uh (laughs) and you should be able to tune into them and reintegrate from them that's the key of all of this conversation really because that's what the hybridization program is a fragmentation of your core soul Mm -hmm. if you know how to reintegrate from those fragmentations even your hybrid children you as a as a as this individual sovereign fragment of yourself can begin to kind of tune into higher aspects of yourself. Mm-hmm. And essentially you change your vibrational frequency to be a match to another potential experience. Right.
0: So it's kind of like a like a soul retrieval process, like in a shamanic yeah. work, right? Same kind yeah. of concept. It, yeah. Yes,
2: exactly. And um but these these clones are being created I and mean, their entire culture is around war like yeah. structures of reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but remember that because we are descendants of that, we have that data in right. our bodies. We are also draconian, mm-hmm. some of us express it more than others, you know, and so we tune into that data and this, uh, the way that timelines function is that when we tune into that data it's already happened. Like it's already happened, but it's also simultaneously available for you to tap into.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, so, that makes sense. Multiple yeah. timelines. Yes. Yeah. So
2: that's kind of how that, that functions. Um,
3: yeah. So, okay.
1: so, so, so are you at a point now, like just referencing again, the, uh, the, the field in Colorado and be taken down to the base and, and these experiences that you're, you're having more recently, um, are you now at a point with your participant, participation and hybridization that you they reach out to you and say hey on you know Thursday at four o'clock can you come down to the base like how does this work how do they Mm, yeah like I mean you're obviously Um, aware now you are fully aware now so yeah
2: well all of these kinds of my lab things military abductions were occurring pretty heavily when I came out pretty public about it and Mm. also because I've been activating more of myself became very aware of what was happening and this happens to a lot of contactees as soon as they start becoming aware of their experience sometimes they will begin to have those other experiences so um, thankfully having those experiences um, allowed me to understand the other side of this contact Mm -hmm. Um, but once i realized what was occurring there and i understood that we have free will in that we can choose to participate or not. Uh, Okay. You can break these contractual agreements Mm -hmm. to participate in that. Okay. And so that's, that's basically what I did. And, um, they are, they are, uh, difficult because you have to completely eliminate the thought form of victimization Mm. and, um, loneliness or disconnect from, Mm. you know, them or anything else. Like all of those have to be eliminated. Because otherwise, you subconsciously are experiencing that in, uh, in dream time or the etheric uh, right. grounds, you right. know. um, So it, that's that's a challenge that every human has to go through, and it's just a mirror cycle of what we experience in our families and our friendships. You know, we need to learn how to own our space in the three dimensional plane. We also need to do it in all the other dimensional planes. Yeah. So it's about like
0: evolving from this perspective of being a victim of all of our life experiences, mm-hmm. whether that's earthly life experiences or these other experiences that are happening to then move into a state where you can consciously create mm-hmm. your reality. Yeah. You
2: become a creator and that's really where we need to reach um may, you know you might feel like oh it's such an egoic thing to think that you're going to be a godlike being or a creator but we're not talking about the concept of of the ego we're talking about you become a frequency life force that is directly connected to the infinite yeah. and when you become that everything starts to come into place the body mm-hmm. transforms you become healthy vibrant joyful you can love you know, you can heal, you can even hold space for healing for others at that point, and you begin to affect matter. I mean, in, in these states, I've experienced magic, you know, you begin to manifest things that happen, that come into your life, mm-hmm. and it is just, you really start to experience life on a whole different level. Yes. Like and if we, if we begin to come into that state, this is where we can affect the whole, and, yes. and choose timelines, and, and, change the direction of humanity as it's coming, as we are projecting it, uh, by deprogramming our DNA, we can choose to experience things that are better for the collective, like not choosing to go into war, not choosing to go into all of these, you know, things that are happening. So the next step of that is unity consciousness. And this is where we need to be headed. Mm -hmm. Uh, It happens internally first. It's the internal marriage of our dualistic aspects. And then you begin to understand how you become one with your interdimensional aspects, because again, you are just experiencing yourself. There's nothing outside of you, nothing outside. Mm -hmm. Everything is inside and we are creating from there. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you have any like practical tips for people on ways that they can find that marriage of their dualistic aspects. Mm -hmm. they can like work to start to embody that state. Because I think, you know, we're talking about a lot of things that are very high level and, and, and a little confusing, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on what stage you're at with Mm -hmm. this. And so, so, you know, I know for myself when I was first, you know, understanding that I wasn't a victim, Mm -hmm. you know, mindset and that I needed to get out of that you know, that's kind of a hard transition for people. So maybe from your own personal experience,
3: you know, what was that like for you? Um,
0: At Star Family Wisdom, we're passionate about helping you raise your vibe and create the reality you really want. And our subconscious programming is so important for experiencing the reality that we want and for managing our energy and raising our vibration. And at Star Family Wisdom, we offer so many tools that help you do this right in the comfort of your own home. Our hypnosis recordings give you the ability to begin that reprogramming process, to begin to take on the beliefs that will help the universe Provide the situations, experiences, and people that you want in your life. And in our free Raise Your Vibe Challenge, you get 28 days of free practices and tools and guidance that over time, if implemented as part of your lifestyle and daily routine, will help you continue that process of of reprogramming your energy field, reprogramming your mind, raising your vibration to experience all of the good that the universe has to offer
2: it's it's really about um we need to educate ourselves first on what our emotions are Mm -hmm. because um most of us a lot of us we have not even experienced true love in our lives you know And because some of us weren't raised with loving homes, some of us have never had partnerships that were supportive and loving. And so, you know, you find yourself 30 years old and you're like, what is love? You know, know, you're not finding it. It's not something that is external. It's something that's internal. So that's number one, understanding that that comes from within is, is a game changer because now your focus is redirected from needing something to stimulate sensations and the feeling body and the experience, because even we we become addicted to this, right? right? Because we create chemicals in the body, like adrenaline and stress, and all these things in the endocrine system that trigger these addictive behaviors to food, feelings, sensations, experiences, and we become intoxicated and, um, hypnotized Mm -hmm. by the external world that presents it to us in a little package, you know? Yeah. And certainly
1: advertising doesn't help.
2: Exactly. Which is geared to this structure of your body, you know? So if we need to know how that functions essentially, and, um, emotions, sit with your emotions, simply sit with each one of the emotions, feel them in your body, understand what they do. To the full extent of it don't you know a lot of people resist that's the problem people resist even feeling their
3: emotions
1: well we're so judgmental to ourselves right i shouldn't feel this i shouldn't feel that and then that just encourages more shame or more guilt yeah exactly and it's that
2: resistance that actually completely stagnates those emotions within the core of the body creating a blockage for your life force for your intuition for your knowing for your trust for your safety for your love all of those things that we want so much become completely inaccessible to us, you know? And so uh, sitting with the emotions and meditation, like I'm pretty sure people, sometimes they cringe when, you know, you say meditation, <laughs> but it's like, it is essential. Like mm-hmm. you won't get it, be able to do, go anywhere if you don't meditate. You know, you need to take time to sit with yourself look at your life experiences, look at the patterns. You're going to notice there are patterns in your life that you're repeating over and over again. Unpack them. Why are you repeating them? You know, Mm -hmm. what are the things that you uh, need that you're not getting over and over again? Feed them to yourself, give them to yourself. Instant healing just by doing that right there. Mm -hmm. And the human now is, is, is empowered within their physical body and so these same concepts are true universally because this is the architecture of the human experience while we're alive in this three-dimensional plane you know um, So those are some practical things you know I mean I, I teach a lot of techniques on how to work with the chakra system. Uh, people that are incredibly having a hard time meditating I, I invite them to close the first three chakras. the first three chakras function like routers. And when they're busy sending out signals, survival signals, you know, it it just messes up the mind. You cannot stress you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when you close that, you begin to activate the heart, the third third eye, and you feel this incredible peace in the body. Um, And that's when you can start getting some real work done. Yeah. So um, those are some things, you know, feel love, understand what love is. Love is basically all the things that, that you desire and want so much, the fact that you give them to yourself is is the definition of self love. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, that's something that I, I train my clients. People don't have never heard that. You know, they they're like, "What is self love?" When you really tell them, it's not about putting on expensive right yes. clothes, going to that, the spa. Yeah, yeah, that's not it at all yeah. this is an internal work that has to be done
1: yeah, yeah. and i think mm-hmm. i just want to comment on you know yeah. i love how frequently you have spoken about duality in this conversation because it is so apparent right to those of us who have done really hard inner work that we're living in a dualistic dimension there's duality in everything including yes. in us and if we ignore all those unpleasant things right, all the things we don't want to look at and that involves uh, you know, on the internal level, a huge amount of self-judgment, as we were just referencing, right? If you don't walk towards that part of yourself, yeah. if you don't greet your fear, like a friend mm-hmm. is how I like right. to put it. It's like, walk towards it and meet it, then, um, if you don't, if you're not willing to go into the darkness, it makes me think of that expression from Marianne Williamson, you know, when our darkest rooms, our brightest light, or Leonard Cohen said, um, the cracks are where the light gets in, right? Mm-hmm. That, that darkness yeah. is potent for us. And you mentioned the womb, right? That the yes. womb is a place of darkness, but it's also a place of growth and possibility and creation. Mm-hmm. You know, darkness is not, we have all these words that we put towards darkness that are so negative, you know, but darkness is not only again, duality. It's not only a negative thing. It can be, right. We we're talking to this a teacher. Yeah. It's a teacher that mm-hmm. all these struggles and challenges and everything that we go through in life that is hard, that is difficult. It's also you flip it upside down and it's, it's not only suffering and hardship and depression and all this stuff, it's opportunity, it's growth, mm-hmm. it's expansion, right. And we can only discover that as we go into them. So mm-hmm. I love that you're, you're constantly referencing that dualistic, nature that is within our DNA, that is within our energetic planes, that is within our consciousness, because it is so true that you know you cannot have one without the other. And therefore you cannot fully heal unless you embrace that wholeness and are willing to work with both as teachers, as you know, as guides. It's I really love that part of your approach. I think that's so crucial to talk about, you know, because mm-hmm. as you were referencing self-care as like going to the spa and putting something pretty on yeah. and getting your nails painted. And avoiding all the stuff you don't want to look at and yes. you know avoiding aging and avoiding right these things that mm-hmm. are actually part of our human experience that's meant to help us and meant right. to enrich our expansion yeah. rather than, than than stamp it down so the the bloodline mm-hmm. i just want to go back to bloodline mm-hmm. because bloodline is an area that we also think of in a very limited way right we think Correct. of all of these things in this dimension in a very yeah. limited box right like that's separate from this and that's different from that when really they all exist together. And you were mentioning this fascinating study in Japan yeah, where they have discovered a great deal more expansion in terms of blood and what blood is and how it, how it's represented in the human body. Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, that, you know, that's a study that it's quite new and they just created like a lot of, well, they created a, a dating platform actually on, on blood type. And then they say that they can find your match and uh, surprisingly, it has a really, really high success rate, you know, because it, it matches not just your partner, but also your lifestyle, what you should be eating, what you should be doing, things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it's telling us is that uh, there's something more to the classification of our, of our DNA. And um, the connection between that and uh, ET contact, for example, um, the majority of contactees uh, seem to that, that recall their contact. Um, seem to have Rh negative Mm bloodlines. And um, this is interesting because the origin of Rh is very obscure, like Mm -hmm. they find it in uh, the Basque region of of Northern Mm -hmm. Spain, but they're not sure like how it became about. Like there's no link that connects it to the original bloodlines that were like in the lower part of, you know, um, Syracia or Middle East, I guess you would call that area. Um, so uh, it's, it's interesting because when you overlap that to how DNA has evolved, how the genetics have evolved from that origin, there is a very clear order how it came up through, um, you know, uh, the Middle East into South uh, Europe, East, Eastern Europe into Northern Europe, and then on the other end, it went directly out towards uh, the East into India, Russia, you know, and then there are certain expressions of blood types in these different cultural regions that are very specific to the culture. You go to South America and it's a lot of O blood types. You know, it's like almost all the countries in South America are primarily O blood types. So blood type actually really talks a lot about um, your vibrational frequency. And it is a vibrational signature that is created at the moment of conception that links you back to your ancestral lineage. And we as humans are kind of cycling through um, different archetypes uh, of ourselves. Okay, There are 13 main archetypes that the human will experience in their entire experience in the three-dimensional plane. That's, That's what we're spiraling through. And so the human will have gone through all these different blood types, different expressions of that as well in in the spectrum. And um, what the blood type is is really indicating, I guess now it's telling us that um, it's basically a blueprint to what you are as a human, you know? Um, It tells you what is more in alignment with you, whether it's food, whether it's your psychological traits, what parts of your brain are more active in certain, certain things, what will trigger your emotions, um, what will trigger sensations for you, things that you like. So um, it, it's a very interesting correlation. Um, there's a whole other side to this, but um, when we talk about the RH negative, for example, in connection to the hybrids, um, RH negative seems to kind of be a more uh, expansive blood type as well. So this is another thing, whether information is more accessible from the data or not. Mm-hmm. And it seems like RH negative is, is one of the most. And there's another one that's even more rare than that because RH is quite near rare, but another one that's more rare than that. And they seem to, uh, correlate with spectrum. They're from a lot of, a lot of people that have that rare, Are people that are in the spectrum? Hmm. And like the autistic autistic spectrum? spectrum? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, And so this, the autistic spectrum actually indicates uh, a group of humans that are incredibly unique and important to the human race. Yes. Because they actually have way more of their genetic structure active and functioning you know yes and they i mean you you have savants, you have you mm-hmm. have these people with incredible activity abilities um and all of that is because of the level of regeneration and activation that's happened in their in their dna for centuries mm-hmm. you know so they're here to experience a completely different experience but they in when you look at their multi-dimensional bodies they hold massive amounts of light to their body mm-hmm. and they are very much inter uh dually dimensionally active mm-hmm. in the third and other dimensional planes they're pulling in from that data bank there's there's a whole study on that as well i mean if you there's there was a wonderful documentary then in the uk about these autistic spectrums that you would ask them you know how do you know what you know like mm-hmm. autistic people that have yeah. abilities to see numbers or to yeah. see uh, words or things like that the, it, it comes to them. They just right. see it, you know, it's like a it's, download. It's like yeah. a download, yeah. exactly. It's like a vibrational thing that they tune into, and they're essentially channeling the information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, when you look at their genetic structure, it's way more open, way more active. The chakra system uh, activates chakras that regular humans don't normally activate. Mm-hmm. Usually between the heart and the stomach, we have another chakra there, and this is this is a center of you can call it unconditional love, but it's like quite unifying frequency. A lot of these spectrum and Rh negative people have more tendency to be able to activate that sooner than other blood types, for example. Um, But it, it doesn't mean that they're not going to, it just means that it's easier for them or they're born or they remember it earlier on in their lifespan. Mm-hmm. All blood types can reach this information without a problem. If they, during the work, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can even channel and do all of this, but there really is something to, um, you know, what they're experiencing, how they're experiencing reality yeah. and what they're able to communicate and express these experiences. I
0: think that's uh, such a beautiful reflection you know, for, for parents, you know, yeah. who, who have children who are, you know, uh, on the autistic spectrum, because this is such yeah. a, a beautiful way of looking at their reality
3: oh, and their true.
0: abilities yeah. and, and how extraordinary these humans are.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Have you done work with parents? Absolutely. and kids. So much.
0: Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. So is you because you can see the, the energy body, the multidimensional body, yes. right? Yes. yes.
2: And I mean, these kids are just... I mean they're magical because yeah. um they just they just get there on another level. Yeah. Like when I work with regular uh children and I work a lot with children, um oftentimes they won't be able to sometimes it'll be harder for them, especially if they've been through a lot of trauma to right. even tune into data. But these children are, like, absorbing 360 degrees of information. I mean, they are just aware of everything inside out. Mm-hmm. So if you talk to them about something, not only do they link what's occurring to them, but what's linking to the whole family. And they can run you through it. You know, they can run you through, oh, this emotion comes from what my mother does. And my mother because of this, because of that. I mean, they will run you through it. They have this very holographic vision, mm-hmm. which is very much Arcturian, by the way. Arcturians are very... They're very, they they master holographic technology. And um, I I probably interviewed maybe like 50 of these kids that are like doing this kind of work. And every single one of them describes that the beings that they would connect with as these blue beings, the same way these elongated heads that are
1: quite Arcturian looking are those the blue people that you mentioned during the presentation yesterday
2: um i feel I
1: like think, that was a different group
2: let me, think, let me think which blue people um there are different races um yes Arcturians are one of them okay um uh, also some pleiadians are also mm. I, I think they're a breed between Arcturian and pleiadian but sometimes pleiadians are seen as as these hybrids as well and i think that the pleiadian blue lineage is what went into the religion of krishna for example stuff like that because that's really well depicted in their arts and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but the traits are very specific of pleiadians are Arcturians;
1: They're, they're different Interesting. Okay. I want to support as well. Um, this is a passion of mine. I'm a special needs teacher oh for 15 years. That's yeah. And I have a disability myself. I'm a deaf person. So, you know, I've been involved in the disability community. Wow. Um, I don't actually believe that it's disability. No. I mean, if you break down the word disability, this is something I always taught my students, yeah. you know, don't say that you have a disability because you're saying dis, you know, the prefix is not, mm-hmm. not able is what disability means, right. not able. And so, you know, I was trying to teach my students, no, you are very able, you're just yeah. not operating the same way that other people do, mm-hmm. but you don't have yeah. to, you know, you have yeah. your own skill set. you have your talents and skills. And so I worked with a lot of autistic kids. I was an autistic behavior analysis therapist for a few years, wow. worked with really young autistic children. So I, I really understand what you're it saying. They have something special and it's their degree of sensitivity mm-hmm. is so acute, yes. you know, they're, they're so hypersensitive. That's why so many autistic people need to wear headphones or have sunglasses on or, you know, not be touched because their sensitivity to sensation of the human body is so acute that they have difficulty processing that because there, it seems like their, um, consciousness and their physical body are not integrated the same way that ours are and that their experience of, of senses and their experience of processing is, is occurring incredibly differently. But, you know, just in general, kids who have, like, this is one of the ways that I think dichotomy and duality comes up in our culture, right? We see, we refer to people with disabilities as having, you know, basically they are less than, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, there's a lot of compassion towards them, but it often comes across that experience this personally. Yeah. It often comes across as, you know, we are the ones who are going to help you Mm -hmm. rather than seeing those people as being powerful. Right. Yes, yeah. yes, and and seeing them as being powerful in yeah. their own right, because they have different abilities and sensitivities. So, you know, again, talking about duality, right? Like the things, it, we have so many illusions around us as mm-hmm. to how, what is valuable and what is not, what kind of person is valuable and not, right? I mean, as three women, especially as women in this field, this field has been dominated by men for a very, very long time. Now women are coming more to the fore, right? There are so many ways that, that I think we're all seeing, um... The paradigm that we're living within shifting and changing in so many different ways involving duality and our perception of duality, right? Absolutely. And the power that exists in that knowledge, because we think so much in terms of separation and us and them, and that person has a disability and I don't, but really we are all disabled in many it's, ways. Yeah, in our, ways, in our <laughs> own ways, we are all disabled and we are all able. And yeah. so, you know, it, it also makes me think of uh, Mar- Marguerite Vigovioso, who was speaking about Mary and the virgin birth that you referenced a little oh, while ago. Yes. She was talking about the seers back then and the priestesses, right, and the oppression that they experienced. And uh, that made me think of so many people throughout history who've been seen as crazy, including experiencers, including mm-hmm. including people that talk about the things that we talk about. Yeah. Oh, you're crazy. You're bananas. You're not in your right mind. But often those are the people who are seeing the actual reality of what is occurring. Yeah, they're true. not crazy. They're yeah. seeing differently, yeah. right? They're seeing multidimensionality or they're seeing the future, whatever it is. So I love that we are living so, in a time that you are a leader in this time of changing perception, right? And understanding more deeply how perception and mindset and sight in so many different ways um, interacts with our physicality. They are not two different things, they are one and the same
2: yeah that's amazing first of all thank you so much i mean the work that you've been doing is, is incredible and um uh, you know it's amazing that uh we have taken this long to really understand you know what what these beautiful special beings are doing on our planet yes you know? and we to me i feel like we should literally honor these kids it's and crazy. be very careful there has to be a lot of education around Parenting, which is the next really important thing, which I'm super passionate about. is is too. Yes. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I think that this is the next thing children and parents. Yes. We need to be taught how to parent
1: because most of us, we have not had parents that really provide us the example that we need in
2: order to behave in a way that's balanced in this world. Um, so that's something that needs to really come into play now.
1: And I so agree. Like right. for the newer, it is mm-hmm. all about the children. For yeah. the next yeah. generations, yes.
2: right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the education needs to be more holistic. Oh my it has to be, you know, more about like multi dimensional. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has to be about what, you know, your emotions, yeah. your yes. needs in the world, and just yes. like, try to like reverse the inversion that we have reverse the programming exactly the programming that we've had yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. because
3: um
2: I just think back to the way I used to think and it's like really when you start (laughs) when you realize this, this, it's like wild you see it everywhere you see (laughs) it in the things that you used to watch in your life yes god, how yes god yes ever watched this and yes you know or how could i have heard this or how could i have behaved that way you just really begin to understand well
1: it's such a testament to how thoroughly conditioned and programmed yes. and controlled we are right yeah. and like yeah. you're talking touching back on what you mentioned about the education system yeah. i have gone on for a long time to jenna a few times wow. about you know, what a struggle it was to be in the education system and see how dumbing down it was and mm-hmm. how desensitizing it was because it's all about product, really. Mm-hmm. Like, look like, at yes. a system that is churning out product, and the product is human beings. And they're, those human beings are supposed to be cogs in this wheel yeah. that we are, you know, we are within that it we're just trying to survive. escape. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You're basically designing consumers mm-hmm. and workers. Yes. You know, to keep it going. Yeah. Yes. So I love kind of what happened in the past two years because I feel like a lot of that came to a halt. Broke down some of that, yeah. Which gives us an ability to kind of breathe and be like, what are we doing? Like yes. do we really want to go back to that? And a lot of people are saying no
0: now. Yes. They're like, what's what's my calling? Parents got to see what their kids were being taught. Yes. Exactly. Yes. They were home.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And oftentimes, you know,
2: you're a fault because you're like. Yeah.
0: You know, what is this doing for my child? Yeah, like yeah. why?
2: How is this contributing to anything? Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. So I really, I, I love that you're doing that. And that really needs to be the next step is to train parents to to learn even how to educate children. House, uh, you know, house school, homeschooling, and stuff like these programs that are more holistic. Everything from yoga to meditation to yes. healing to going out into nature, emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. intelligence.
1: critical thinking, like Being able to think your way through life and not just follow the norm and consume and buy and eat. And we also have so many star
0: kids coming in, right? Which is what we've been talking about, but we
1: have so many versions
0: of those star kids coming in, advanced souls, you know, beings who have lived in all of these other civilizations. And parents are now faced with these very advanced children. Yeah. Right. And exactly. and how do you how do you parent that? Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really admire that you're working with parents and children because that just goes straight to my heart. You mm-hmm. know, I really yeah. We do not value children enough. We don't listen to them. We don't that's consider true. their thoughts yeah. and feelings as being valid and real. We're just, oh, they're cute little kids. Right. You know? And that's such a disempowering experience for a child. But so actually, actually they can see truth. But they actually can they can see truth. They know more. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So
1: we want to start a uh, Start Family Wisdom Kids program oh, um, yeah, uh, yeah that is our natural goal yeah that's that's the ne- next phase we think <laughs> so maybe we can come to you for some expertise and some guidance you know on how to get started in that area yeah. I think it's so fascinating that you are lending your expertise to all of these such valuable areas in terms of human development. Thank you for working with children carries on this.
2: I'm actually in the process of writing a children's book series right now.
3: Actually, this oh, it, it's
2: it's a multi-dimensional toolkit with my dear friend Mary Edwards, oh. um, who also book, wrote another children's book about ET contact Barbara yes. Lamb. And so we're kind of putting our heads together to create this tool multi-sensory toolkit where kids are going to be able to understand and kind of
3: connect with their multidimensionality I love that. and offer some courses on that as well. So oh, we're
2: really excited. Crazy. It's super exciting. That's
1: awesome. Don't forget about that. That Yes, (laughs) that's what she's doing. That's amazing. That is really fantastic. Yes. Well, maybe we can talk a little bit about you and your
0: work and how people can find you. So, so where, where can people go to learn more about you and what services do you offer?
2: Yeah, so I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, and I do something called DNA reprogramming as well. So if uh, you'd like to get a session, you can just visit my website at Um Sessions, DNA reprogramming is pretty pretty deep and intense. So um, sometimes people come and they're you know they just want to you know it's almost like they expect to have like a psychic session, mm. but it's way more than that because my intention is not to entertain, mm-hmm. but to hold space for you to do the work mm-hmm. and to actually bring that into your life. And so it's very much a training in addition to this session. Um, and uh, the hypnotherapy is very profound because you can go, you can do anything from past life regression to accessing your higher self, which is my goal with each session, mm-hmm. let you connect with your higher self and channel What you need at this time from the purest source Mm -hmm. possible for you, and it's very profound, very life changing. I've had people everything from heal themselves to change their career with this information, as it did for me. You know, when I uh, got the hypnotherapy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, amazing. Yeah, just from one day to the next, it was like now I'm clear. I know what I'm doing. No problem. You know, beautiful. and that confirmation is important. So also, if you are an experiencer, you can visit hybridmother.com, And um, I have a, a several workshops through the month for experiencers and contactees. We go into deep diving topics, contact, and the details of that, you know. Wonderful. Can anyone
1: join that? Do they have to sign up first?
2: Yeah, they can just sign up on my website. Usually I will ask you if you're a contactee. We don't really, we try to keep it a really safe, positive place Mm -hmm. that's really supportive for one another. So we just want to make sure that you're you know, you're, you want to come and, and be supported and support others. Mm-hmm. So as long as that's the case,
1: you are completely welcome. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. And also you have written some fascinating material. Would you like to talk a little bit about where people can find that? Is that also on website? Yeah.
2: Um, well, I, mostly my YouTube channel, usually my YouTube channel is where I present stuff. Um, my book is on the way. I am writing that book and it will be out hopefully by the end
1: of this year. Wow. So you wonderful. will be able to find
2: that. Yeah.
1: Oh, Wonderful. Great. Yeah. So you. Geraldine hybridmother.com, Geraldine's YouTube channel. Are you on Instagram? Oh,
2: yes. Okay. Um, Geraldine Orosco on YouTube and on Instagram, geraldine.y.orosco. Nice and we'll,
0: we'll link to yeah. Geraldine's information in the show notes so that you can grab those links and, and check in with her. Thank you for this conversation.
1: So mm-hmm. This has been She's amazing. you're
2: doing it's been an honor to be here, and I'm happy to reconnect
1: with you. You just Yeah, Are I think sure? there's yes. that we can do. Uh,
2: Yes,
0: it was a divine
1: synchronicity yeah. that this happened, even, <laughs> so, yes. so much so, yes, yes, so, so. Thank, very much thank to so much. much, thank you so much, Geraldine, honestly, like, your, your contribution is so outstanding and so important for the it community, is. and I also value very much, as a female, I just want to say, I know we are not our bodies, but in this life, we are representing as females, and that has mm-hmm. a great deal of power that we need it to does. represent during these transitional yes. times. So I'm yes. grateful for that example. Yes, mm-hmm. nice. rise of the divine feminine, That's here nice. we are. <laughs>
3: yeah, Love it. Oh, Okay,
1: so thank you everyone for listening. For those of you who are new, we really hope you enjoyed yourself and the wonderful Geraldine and that you'll be back. And if you have been with us before, thank you for following us. We really hope you're enjoying what you're learning, what you're getting from us. We, we're going to continue to supply you with wonderful talks with terrific guests and wonderful information for you to explore with your curiosity, your heart, and your mind, and your energy field. So we will see you next time on Star Family Wisdom, and thank you so much, as always, for being with us. Don't forget to rate, review, like, subscribe, leave a comment, tell us
0: what you thought about the conversation, and and if you have any questions that we can help answer for you in
1: future episodes. Mm -hmm. We'd always love to hear from you, so thank you again, Geraldine. Thanks,
0: Geraldine. And
1: we will see you all very soon. We'll talk to you
0: next time. (laughs) Bye-bye.